0: Hey, welcome to the Xbox podcast. If you're new or returning listener, welcome. This is the only podcast you get straight from Xbox, where we recap the most important news of the week. Trust me, it is. we drop interviews with industry insiders, you won't find anywhere else. We drop new episodes every Friday on YouTube, on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, all the great places. So if you like what you're hearing or seeing, subscribe. Jeff, was that better?
1: Larry, where, is this episode one of the Xbox podcast? Because this is the first time it's actually started off properly in 600 episodes. I'm very proud of you.
0: Did nice job. Episodes, I see. Okay. Well, anyway, welcome, guys. I'm your host, Larry. Herb Xbox is Major Nelson over there. Uh, right there is Rebecca over on your right as you're looking at the screen, and on your left is Jeff. Hey, guys.
1: He's doing it. He's wow. doing the thing. Just <laughs> Not the let me uh, let me hit a button and something happens and oh yeah. here's people. This is this is good. This is growth.
0: We're we're we're. It's not nothing. We can take this show only up here. But for those of you who don't know, as I said, I've been working on the Xbox team since two thousand three. Rebecca's been working on Minecraft uh, for a few years now, right, Rebecca?
2: Yeah, but I've actually been on Xbox for just under nine years now yeah, too. So
0: Jeff's it's been, been, a been while. here. <laughs> Jeff's been here almost uh, how long? Almost ten years. Almost Jeff. eight. I'm, I'm the
1: eight. I'm the junior member of the of the show.
0: <laughs> and, and here's the most important thing: if you really want to know if Jeff works on what I, what this, this hot new thing called influencers. So if you're an influencer and you want to reach out to Jeff, that's how you find him right there. Rebecca,
1: Rebecca does too. In fact, we're basically here to, to, to contain you and to, to you're the influencer. Layer. Yeah.
2: Not, yeah. Why not, do you think we're here? Yeah.
0: Not even close, not even close. It's uh anyway, but it's great to see you guys again this week. It's uh, Rebecca's in New York. Uh, Jeff and I are out here in the Seattle area. How is, uh, by the way, I, I, we talked a little bit about it off the air, Rebecca, how is second summer in new york that's what it's called
2: I uh, yeah it's been pretty nice i i went back to seattle a few weeks ago and it was nice and chilly I had to bust out a jacket but it's been really warm in new york which is nice um kind of getting the last of our outdoorsy stuff in before hibernating for the rest of the winter but wow. it's okay there's a lot of good games coming out games and movies
0: there absolutely is right jeff
1: yeah it's cold as heck i Barely the leaving the house, <laughs> and it's fine because uh, you know I've got a treadmill, so I play games on the treadmill, uh, games really? that we don't have to use the camera control because I have fallen off the treadmill uh, playing uh, games that sort of throw with your balance. But if you're playing like a 2D RPG, still playing uh, Octopath Traveler, perfect treadmill game. Um, you really where's the treadmill? You,
0: I've been to your house. I don't I don't remember where the treadmill was. Is it, uh, I got off. like a
1: really slim one that fits under the sofa, like right. Right over here, and I can oh, just sort wow. of pull it out and f- play games.
0: Uh, Rebecca, I don't know about you, but I know that myself as well as everybody else would like Jeff to do the entire show next week on the treadmill.
2: <laughs> I think that would be great.
1: <laughs> it makes you really that think that that, think very that very rattles much. me in the slightest oh yeah we're definitely doing just that.
2: set up the mic yeah
0: let's do it let's do it anyway uh we've had a lot lot of a lot of gameplay this week um Rebecca uh we would let we talked to you uh you started last week so jeff we'll start with you this week what do you what are you playing
1: uh you know still playing far cry um still playing octopath traveler as i mentioned uh but I'm playing with you so go back to the three shot Larry yeah. we're playing we're playing back for blood this this three of us this is the this is not the dream team, right here. This is this is the at least we tried team, sh- sh- and we did. Sh- oh, should yes. we show a little yes. bit. These
0: are some of the clips that Rebecca's POV point of view uh, c- captured last night, and we we played uh, back for blood. We have an interview coming up later on back for bloods now on Game Pass, and this is us playing a little bit last night. What do you? I got the uh, you know, nice little rifle there, and we had we had quite the time, didn't we?
2: It was pretty think, good. Yeah.
1: yeah. I I don't know what happened. I, well, I can. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I feel like
2: we were, do- I felt like we were doing so well when we were in recruit mode, perhaps. <laughs> um, but then toward the end, we had that like death fog and it was impossible for us to get past. But I think it was good. Like we, you know, we did the tutorial, figured out the, the, you know, different controls, figured out how to heal each other, how to well, share ammo. Um, and then, yeah,
1: <laughs> there's a lot of this. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I remember Larry distinctly calling for help right around this point. So I was like, okay, let me see if I can. Yeah,
0: that's exactly. That's right. That was nice. And this this was towards the. Uh, this was. Um, this was. This it was a lot of fun. If you if you've played, you know, you're going to hear more about it later on in the show. But if you played Left for Dead, it's you know, it's it's it is. Uh, it's oh fine. yeah, it felt it's yeah. Fine. Same team that did All that. Right. So it's uh, it was a lot of fun last night. And the, yes, Jeff.
1: Let, let's. I think we we each took away lessons from. Our, our time playing here together uh on 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 back for blood I, I would love to hear from each of you like your your biggest teamwork takeaway
0: uh I think for me it was you just constantly keep using the left bumper to mark health mark ammo make sure you can and you'll hear about this with jeff in the interview uh drop your ammo because you're your you can hold all this ammo but your weapon the two weapons that you have only take one kind each so I may have a a rifle and a pistol and if I've got a bunch of shotgun ammo then I can go over to my inventory and pull the right trigger and drop everything for Rebecca or Jeff so that's the key is to 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 keep marking things and keep an eye on what ammo you have and if you need to mule any ammo for any of your your squad mates
2: yeah I think for me I don't know. I I feel like I ended up being kind of like the team healer <laughs> toward the end of it. So I, you know, at the beginning when you we all kind of get the option to like shop for things using the is it the copper that we pick up, I tended to buy a lot of the like health packs and then go around like healing folks, um, yes, which was fitting cuz I picked the the mom character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but aside from that, just uh, you know, I think that we Maybe in the first, like our first run through, we were kind of scattered. Um, you know, we talked about how Larry tends to run off on his own. I think he did a pretty good job last night of sticking with the team, though. Um, but I think that you know, our fourth player too, she kind of ran off a few times. Um, but once we kind of stuck together, it was a lot easier to like defend each other. And you know, if right. you see, I feel like the the what are they called? The ridden? They would pop out from pretty random places, and so it was good to stick together so that you can actually help defend each other. Although you can see it doesn't work so great here. And, and someone is, <laughs> knocks me down by friendly fire. <laughs>
0: Jeffrey,
1: I, I think we had it on a hard level. I had one big takeaway: stop shooting the damn birds. That's what kept <laughs> happening. We there are yeah. like sort of flocks of crows just sort of roosting in different places, and if you leave them alone, it's fine. But if you shoot them or you you bundle into them. They fly off and it calls in a huge horde of zombies that is completely avoidable. We did it every time. Every time we disturbed the birds, and we made it very hard for ourselves. If you remember, um,
0: if you remember, uh, if you remember, Left for Dead, there was the concept of the the witch, and you, if yeah. you scared the witch. She screamed, and and there was a couple of mechanisms, and it's kind of a similar situation. And and again, we the three of us. I know Jeff. After we played last night, you went on and played with another group and got a little bit further than we did. But as far <laughs> as we went, we've only saw the birds was the only meca- mechanism that triggered the horde. Is that accurate?
1: Uh, there's, there's also alarmed doors, okay, sure. which we probably yeah. also just like ran and right through and put off the alarm. Right.
2: Oh yeah, car yeah, alarms,
1: yeah. yeah. We did it all. If you could stumble into it, it. We stepped on as many rakes as they placed onto the battlefield. Um, so there was, uh, so after we, we quit playing, uh, cause we kind of hit a wall a little bit in act one. And um, I ended up getting an invite. I ended up playing with Andrea Renee and um, uh, Rihanna and her her fiance um, Danny Pena Godfrey, and we just were flying. We just blew right past it. In fact, after we get past Act One, Part Four, it shows the title. Like we didn't get to the part where they showed the title and say, "This is what you're playing." Don't we rub
3: were, it in. <laughs>
1: we were in the prologue yeah. and um and after that you can start from that point you don't have to do the beginning it gives you a checkpoint that where you can start from there every time so well, we, i am convinced so you were playing we are it on not that and
0: we were playing it on a little bit more challenging so
1: i i'm pretty sure i my i think we were not you should start this game on recruit mode i think we were playing on veteran or something like that and we are not <laughs> veterans we are not hardened <laughs> like despite all of our fps you know history um we were just not we were not there. We were and ill so, prepared, I, weren't we? Yeah, I would love to play yeah, again with sure. you all. Yeah, because um, I feel yeah. like from a teammate perspective, we were sharing, we were caring. Thank you, Rebecca. You were the healer because you were the last one standing. They, yeah. Like you were like de facto. <laughs> you know, we, we were all dead, and you had no choice but to heal. So thank you. But um, I feel like let's try it again, and let's like triple check we're on recruit mode, and then we can go a little further because there's some really cool um, set pieces. Um, one on a ship, one on a church that we didn't even get to that are really fun. I would love to take another run at this.
0: Yeah, we should. We, we don't want to talk Thanks. too much more about it because Jeff's got an interview with the executive producer from Turtle Rock later on in the show, and you're going to hear all about this, about building your deck. She's going to talk a little bit about – there's an interesting term she'll bring up in the interview um, that uh, she talks about the director. And the director is, uh, for those of you, again, from Left for Dead, remember it was this – it's the game. It's the game. Trying to randomly ass- do different things. Like I remember when we were playing last night, the director had put a flock of birds in an area that we kind of had to sneak by, and we didn't do that well, as Jeff pointed out. Uh, but the next when we died, we came back. There were no birds there. They were elsewhere. So, the director is kind of the this this amorphous thing that randomizes elements in the game. There you go. That's just want hmm. to explain that, Jeff. You'll hear about that. Anyway, uh, what what, what else? Actually, so we talked about what you're playing, uh, Rebecca. What are you playing?
2: Uh, I haven't been playing much else. I started The Veil this morning. Um, I actually did an interview earlier today with Dave uh, and Lucas okay. um, from Falling Squirrel, the team that put behind the game. So for those who don't know, uh, Thursday, October 14th is actually World Sight Day. Right. Um, and so The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, is a game designed for both uh, low vision and also just you know uh, able-sighted uh, gamers, um, and it's an audio experience. So, you know, put a headset on, try it out. It's pretty cool. Um, but you can learn more about it in the interview,
0: depending upon wh- how you're listening to the show, just like this, it's an audio experience.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they were cool guys. It's good to talk to them.
0: Jeff seems so mildly amused by Mike. No,
1: I, I want to, I keep thinking this show needs a director. That's what I just kept thinking. Right. Um, but I, the, the veil, hey, yeah. the, Uh, yeah i've been really wanting to try it i've had it um sort of faved on my uh or pinned onto my my dash for some time and i just need to find the time so i think that your interview will will push me over and uh and we'll play it because like the concept's really really interesting um and and i think audio games have been around we just i don't know that we've you've really seen them in the console space until until the veil
0: yeah so we'll have to check that out we'll do that interview later on um as far as what I'm playing, playing, we talked about Back for Blood. Uh, Jeff and I have jumped in a little bit of Far Cry Six and tried to get each other a tank yeah. or a helicopter. It's, it's just silly fun with co-op. That's the only way I can describe it. Uh, one that I am playing is, and it's in Game Pass, is Procession of Calvary. Have you seen this game? It's a, it's the one with the medieval paintings and kind of medieval music, this, uh, you know, minstrel music and whatnot. it's, it's, it's essentially like a point and click game, but it's, it's very funny. And that's all I, I don't want to give too much about it. And it gives up the achievements pretty well. Check it out. It's a relaxing game. It's, it's essentially a point and click. You got to use your controller to move the, the point cursor. and
2: click minstrel music
0: game. With, it, based <laughs> that in, whole genre based in, based yeah, in okay. the Renaissance with some religious overtones. So it's high concept. Hmm. Uh, it's up there with the hmm. uh,
1: pillars of eternity. i really, actually it's really not, or pillars of the earth was actually another middle-aged. Uh, anyway, not you know middle age anyway it kind of a point and <laughs> click it's, it's, it's a whole thing
0: but yeah this has been out on pc for about a year and a half but it's now on console it's in uh game pass and it's very relaxing i mean you got to figure things out and some of the writing is 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 rather as they say in the uk cheeky so enjoy that oh look at us appealing to other other locales well this show it does have, this show does have international reach uh i think i've shared with you some of the stats before i think we're like the you know the number 10 in norway for quite some time so hello norway i
1: we what do we do to, to appeal to the norwegian audience i actually live in a neighborhood that's that has norwegian heritage we have the leaf ericsson day is actually coming up here soon so you know what are you gonna shout, do to shout out to Leif our Erikson norway day? audience
0: yeah, I don't know what what you do to celebrate that.
1: We have a statue um, right. over by the Joanne Fabrics. Uh, like you do, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I I will. I, 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 I think we're doing a whole thing. We, we have. We're actually. It's a big Scandinavian neighborhood. We have Iceland. We have an Iceland festival coming up as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's very very. You've been mm-hmm. well. Jeff lives in Seattle, and like I say, Rebecca lives in New York, which is which is the great melting pot. So talk about uh, everything over there, right?
2: Yeah, I've, well, being a little bit spoiled with uh, Swedish goodies coming from the Minecraft studio, though, I think there is like a, sw- either like some kind of like Swedish holiday where um, we had a couple folks who would bring in like the uh, Swedish, there's like a princess cake. Um, it's got like, I think it has like strawberry filling and it's really light and fluffy. And then there'd be a lot of like blue and yellow flags. So yeah, lots of, uh, lots of good stuff coming out of Scandinavia, but yeah. I know there's a lot of different like Scandinavian neighborhoods in Seattle in particular.
1: You know what I'm going to say now, Rebecca? Go on. There's a, there's a, a yeah. dad joke that, that you told me that this, <laughs> uh, this reminded me of. Yeah.
0: Are you, can you tell it? Can oh, you yeah. share it? Yeah. Uh, J- J- Jeff, do you want to share it or do you want me to?
1: All right. This is, this was you. I can't take credit for, for your joke. Full
0: screen on you. It's all yours.
2: Okay. Um, it was. Why does the Norwegian Navy put barcodes on their ships? Gee, I don't know. So, wait, why does
0: Norwegian so, they Navy can, the so
2: they can so they can Scandinavian? <laughs> but it's a good one. I like that one. Scan.
1: That's the only one the of Navy your Navy. your dad jokes I can reliably remember. I think I said it was the Danish <laughs> the Danish Navy uh, when I said it. But, oh. um,
2: Works I for any it works it. for any of the Scandinavian yeah. countries. It's fine. Fair,
0: like, fair point. So
1: now I'm gonna to have to double check. Is Norway technically Scandinavian? And I honestly don't know the yeah, answer it, to that.
2: Yeah, I thought it was Norway, Sweden, Finland, Sweden, Denmark, uh Denmark, I mean, and maybe
1: then maybe Iceland. All right, well, now I'm well we're gonna I'm we're on, gonna, on a mission you know what, no to not to offend our Scandinavian audience moments after <laughs> discovering that they exist.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna let you guys you know take it. We're gonna go full screen on me so I can get you guys introduced. We have got a couple of great interviews that we talked about just at the beginning of the show. Um, we're gonna hear about all those. Uh, so just listen. We got a bunch going on. We got two great interviews this week from Rebecca and Jeff. Here we go.
2: October 14th is World Sight Day, which calls attention to the challenges of those facing visual impairments, one of which can typically be gaming. Um, so we thought that this would be a good time to bring on the folks from Flying Squirrel to tell us about The Veil, Shadow of the Crown, which is a game designed for both low vision and sighted players. So welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us today.
4: Yeah, th- thank you, Rebecca, Hello, for having Rebecca. Thanks. <laughs>
2: um, do you mind just each telling us a little bit about yourselves and your work with Flying Squirrel?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, it's actually Falling Squirrel, but it's a uh, it's oh, a, so a common misnomer. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to let it go, but I thought, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let people know it there. Uh, so I, I, I'm the uh, creator of Falling Squirrel, uh, the, the owner of the company, and uh, I'm also the uh, game director on uh, our, our first game, uh, The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. Um, and uh, yeah, it's an all, all audio game uh, primarily made for the visually impaired community. And and Lukas, do you wanna wanna tell, okay, tell us a little yeah, bit of sure. what
5: you did? Uh, here? well my my name is, is Lukas Hosnettl, or you can just say Lukas, you know, Lukasz. Uh, I was like I'm from the Czech Republic. I was born totally blind. And I when I uh, actually first started working on the game, I reached out to the devs to Falling Squirrel myself. We had no previous uh, contact or experience with each other. Uh, I thought I would initially thought I would just like help test the game because I Wanted to do as much as I could to help out because I had a lot of feedback and I thought it would w- would be worth it, but um, the collaboration went so well, if I can say so myself, that uh, Dave let me let me say or talk about uh, much more than I originally thought, and I dare say I helped in in the end uh, to kind of shape the game, not just like uh, talk about bugs or the usual user testing, but I. I have uh, quite a quite a footprint in the game myself as well <laughs> in the end yeah. for sure
2: that's awesome um, So Dave, can you tell us a little bit I mean in a world of you know ray tracing and next-gen visuals yeah. like what inspired you to create a game that leans away from a visual experience?
4: Uh, yeah I mean uh, initially there was a desire. Uh, for me to explore uh, bigger stories than I could probably afford to tell, um, being an indie developer, having worked in, in AAA in the past, uh, how was I going to do this on my own? I thought, uh, I, I had seen uh, or heard of games like, uh, um, audio based games, which kind of played to some of the strengths I carry with me in, in narrative design and, uh, directing, uh, voiceover. And, uh, very quickly I realized that not only was this a novel, uh, idea, uh, at least for most sighted players, that there was a novelty to it. Uh, there was also a tremendous amount of um, intimacy in having a sight uh, visuals being pulled away and, and totally relying on sound. Uh, the world uh, you inhabit becomes much closer, much more intimate, and you're relying on little details in the world. So it actually, to me, was a, a completely different focus when it came to, to gameplay. Uh, and then uh, I also realized there was an added benefit that this game was also going to be accessible to a community that uh, did not have a lot of accessible content.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I only started playing with a gaming headset in the last like five five years. Um, but it's pretty cool Like having to listen for those different clues and then following the game in that direction. Um, how's the reception been within the community? Like, Have you heard from any gamers who are visually impaired or low vision?
4: Actually, Lucas, we we haven't talked too much about this. Was there any uh, specific things you've heard uh, from the community? It's been very positive from my angle, anyhow.
5: Mm -hmm. I've actually stopped uh, being engaged in the community as much as I used to be before. Because uh, I have a lot of other things, other projects, uh, and, uh, and not too much free time. But uh, I'm, I'm started. I've started running a blog in Czech, though. It's a, it's called. It doesn't have an does have an English name. It's called Four Sense Gaming, but uh, it's uh, written just in Czech. And uh, I've covered the game there. I've written articles about it. I've actually finished shooting a complete Let's Play in Czech uh, like two days ago. It's not uploaded yet, but uh, that's actually quite a hard job because there are no subtitles uh, and I have to interpret everything simultaneously as they as the characters speak but so, uh, what, what I'm talking what I'm trying to say is that I have no idea about international reception uh, as much as I used to bef- once again once uh, upon a time but in the in the Czech Republic their reception seems to be pretty not the reception. there have not been too many players from the Czech Republic yet because they're waiting to see the let's play first to have an idea about the story because the game is so story focused but they're so there are uh, they're very very much interested. Uh, it's kind of a novel to to them as well. Because one one barrier to gaming for the blind is lack of content, as Dave said. And the other barrier, if you're not a native um, English speaker or don't come from an Eng- English speaking country is the lack of games to play in your language. So uh, they're glad for having at least a translation or a let's play, I, actually, interpreted let's play
4: that, that that brings up one of the, the, the biggest comments I get from the blind community or, or requests uh, is uh, this is a game that's uh, in English uh, translated only in English right now. Um, and it, it's probably something that I, I should consider um, in, in that the reception across the board in the en- English speaking uh, countries has been incredibly positive within the blind community. Uh, and as and a novel game for sighted people as well. Um, and the idea that uh, once you have something I- that's introduced, that's uh, that's potentially relatively rare, uh, it becomes even more interesting in other parts of the world. Um, so the fact that this is is fully blind accessible is exciting. Uh, and then everybody wants to be able to play it in their language. So it, it's it's the most common request I get. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a matter of expense, ultimately, f- for me. And it's hopefully mm. something I, I can remedy in the future.
2: Well, you mentioned you have a background in narrative design. Um I'm curious how come you chose the medieval setting and the you know following this story in particular?
4: Uh, yeah, initially, it's uh, there's uh, two two main aspects. One is I wanted something relatively familiar to base it on. I didn't want to pick a uh, a, a setting that was uh, too uh, unusual for a video game, so I, I actually picked a fairly trope filled place to start, uh, mainly because I wanted to have nice uh, comparable, uh, conventional aspects of gameplay that i could then uh t- translate into to sound so i wanted a familiar place to start and the other aspect of the medieval setting was the the soundscape itself was uh perfect for an an all for all audio combat anyway um nobody's if i if i'd set this in, in let's say uh Uh, a a setting where people were wearing like, or they were like ninjas with cloth or something. There would be, uh, you wouldn't be making as much sound where, where it's (laughs) male warriors with plate mail and that sort of thing. Um, I, the starting point at least could be a very obvious uh, sound starting soundscape starting point. Um, And it also uh, warranted uh, the the combat itself being close, close quarters and noisy. Uh, Obviously medieval combat would be the, the height of noisy close quarter combat. Um, you get less out of range combat. Even though we do have some range combat, uh, it wasn't an obvious thing, at least for me to have people running around with uh, revolvers in a Western scenario or something like that. (laughs)
2: That's very cool. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So I know, Lucas, you mentioned you have your blog and the Let's Play coming out. Um, I'm curious what's next for Falling Squirrel. Any other projects you can talk about or updates to the game?
5: Uh... I think this is more of a question for Dave, actually, because they have, (laughs) yeah, yeah, there. Well, it it, it is a question for me. Personally, I can say no plans have been finalized yet. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Just Yeah, I don't know of any plans yet.
4: Lucas and I just talked about this. So he's he's, now he's careful not to like give away any like company secrets, but uh, no, we, we, we have talked about a collaboration in the future um, where we start looking at, I mean, the the obvious places to go would be something that continues the storyline with the main character uh, picking up on uh, things that people liked about the narrative of the game. Uh, But I think that probably the most interested we get from the visually impaired community is to expand on combat. Um, And to have uh, an experience uh, that actually, I I mean, I do, I would love to pick up on narrative. uh, But I think in the meantime, maybe this summer um, is expand combat in a way that we give an experience that has more replayability. Uh, That was one probably uh, short sighted move on my point is, is as much as Uh, I'm comfortable working in narrative, and I wanted it to be a game that had a a very strong appeal as a first or as a single playthrough narrative experience. Um, The the demand from the blind community having so little content was how can I replay this many times? Uh, And it's just not the the type of game uh, that you would replay more than probably twice. Um, And so creating some sort of arena fighter for, for uh, medieval, uh, all audio combat is probably the next step. And then potentially looking at other genres, we could we could bring this to um, but uh, and, and I, I just recently spoke to Lukash about being a partner and in, in uh, the researching and figuring out what to do next. But certainly where the, the community would lead me is uh, to, to more replayable material for for them.
5: Yeah, right. And for myself, I can definitely say I'm eager to keep working with Falling Squirrel. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not stopping anything. And uh, I I do believe that if I if I become a part of the project uh, of the new project since the beginning and not just you know only join join later, yeah. uh, we can do a lot in terms of design in to to come up with the ways to not only to make even like ranged combat or or uh, free roaming combat, not only accessible, but also highly enjoyable. And because the veil is really intuitive, you just pick up the game, uh, you, you instantly know how to follow the sound cues. You don't need to learn a lot of fancy keystrokes. And I'm, I am actually convinced this can be done uh, in the same intuitive way, even for the combat with more freedom of movement. Yeah, for sure.
2: Awesome. Well, uh, where can people go if they want to follow along for updates or hear about what's what's c- to come from Falling Squirrel?
4: Yeah, well, obviously the game is available on the Xbox One and on PC as well. But uh, our, our website's probably the be- best place to go. It has the links to all the um, uh, all the things that we care about, um, and I'd say Twitter is probably our most active social media platform right now. So uh, Falling Squirrel—that's uh, our, our Twitter handle—and uh, 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 FallingSquirrel.com is our website.
2: Got it, not Flying Squirrel, right.
4: <laughs> not not Flying Squirrel, right. That was the only point where it mattered. It was right at the end here. I could have corrected you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, like like you said, The Veil is out now on Xbox One and Windows PC. So mm-hmm. check it out and let us know what you think.
1: Thanks.
5: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Left for Dead and
1: its sequel carved out indelible co-op horror memories from the Xbox 360 era for so many of us. A feeling of barely holding it together as an unending torrent of zombies threatens to and often does overwhelm your squad of friends is it's back in form of back for blood. A first-person co-op zombie shooter from the creators of the Left For Dead franchise. And it's now available with Xbox Game Pass on Xbox Series X and S, PC, and Xbox One. And to talk all about it. I'm very proud to welcome Leanne Papp, executive producer of Back for Blood. Thanks for joining us.
3: Happy to be here.
1: So I stayed up very late last night playing a number of games. We've just talked about it on the show. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how's the reception? The game uh, has been out for now a week. A uh, lot of people get to play it via Xbox Game Pass, so I'm sure you're, you're hearing a ton. How's it been going?
3: I think it's been going really well which is really exciting because of course you know one of the scariest things about making games is hitting that launch and actually sharing it with everybody else but I think we are feeling you know pretty good about it because one of our big focuses at Turtle Rock in particular is to ensure that we play test the game internally and we have a lot of fun with it because if we're not having fun we know that the rest of the the world the public the community isn't going to have fun either so you know we're keeping a very close eye on on feedback and it's it sounds like people are having a lot of fun, which is just really thrilling. And we're seeing the criticism as well and, and getting ready to react to it, make changes towards that. But, you know, overall, it feels amazing.
1: Awesome. So I, I, I want to ask a little bit of advice. We played a couple of games yesterday. Um, some of them we did really well. Uh, some of them we didn't do as well. What's the hallmark <laughs> of a good team? Like, what, what do good teams do well in in Back for Blood?
3: So, I'll start with the obvious piece, which is communication. I think, you know, if you want to coordinate a group of people, you have to have really solid communications. You have to be calling out targets. You have to be letting people know what it is that you're doing. Uh, Wait until everybody indicates they're ready before you start something that (laughs) initiates a horde. So, that's the obvious stuff. I think the not so obvious thing is coordinating your decks Uh, in a way you don't have to really assume a role like most games but i actually find that you kind of end up filling certain archetypes with the decks that you create like i personally love playing a support style role so i'll go for cards that increase healing uh that make it so that when i heal a teammate i also get healing and so i always tell people give me your med kits let me do the healing so that you don't have to so getting each person to fulfill a role a little bit like that is going to help out a lot so So you kind of have to do that coordination even leading into getting into gameplay. And as you earn and unlock more cards, create different decks that kind of satisfy those different things. And then pay attention to those corruption cards. You know, before you're jumping into gameplay, you're going to be told what the director's going to throw at you. And there are little things that you can do to help counter those things. So yeah, those are kind of three big pieces I would say will help a lot.
1: Yeah, you've touched on a few things here. You mentioned calling things out in communication and and so I just want to call it you hit the left bumper and it gives you sort of a context sensitive um yes. oh there's a first aid, you know, box here in this room or there's uh you know one of the giant zombies that's or, or ridden that's going to be coming at you. Uh please please focus your fire in that direction. Um, exactly I think that. everything else we probably did wrong, uh, in, in terms of, especially starting one of those major events. Um, I think there was a it was sort of turning on a, a grinder or something like that, uh, before everyone's yeah, ready. and set up. <laughs> Yeah. I'll be thinking about that for, uh, for, for the near future. Um, let, let's dive into the cards though. I think that's, uh, I think that's where there's like a, a tremendous amount of depth and things that you can do. You you start off with the starter deck. Um, I, I would love to know like what are things that that people should just keep in mind in general. Like what's like especially when you're first starting and you like you you can choose from those first five cards. Like what what what's like you know in terms of prioritizing prioritizing your cards. Like what should you really have at the top? Do you think?
3: I think it will depend on on a little bit your your play style and maybe looking at the kinds of issues that you tend to run into. So let's say that you feel that you run out of ammo a lot. Well, maybe you want to focus your cards on the things that boost how much ammo you get. Or maybe you find that reloading is really tedious. Well, there are things that increase your, your reload speeds. Um... A uh, very big pro tip that is not super obvious to everyone is that the order that the cards are in your deck is important. That is the order in which they're going to be played to you. Uh, you're also guaranteed to get that first card in your deck. So if you realize that, let's say um, there's a card that changes your bash into a knife stab, let's say you consider that a must have, pop it to the top of your deck and you're guaranteed to always get it. Uh, but I 100% agree with you one of the things that excites me the most is about the untapped Potential of the card system. And we're really excited to see what kind of decks people build. Um, I am confident the community is going to break some stuff, is going to highlight some problems that we want to address, but it's looking at the kind of problems that you're having and what you want to solve. Now, something you are going to find is there are cards that disable things. So they make it a little bit more challenging. So uh, we had a couple people, it's not super well communicated. We want to fix this. But they were like, suddenly I can't ADS anymore. I can't aim down sights. And that's really confusing. And it was because they went for one of the cards that has a massive perk. I think it was like Mm. plus 75% ammo. uh, But the downside was disabling aim down sights. So there are some trade-offs in there. We don't want to make everything super obvious as to what it is that you're supposed to do.
1: I feel like that card would pair very well with the shotgun. Oh, uh, user, absolutely.
3: Yes. Yeah. I don't <laughs> exactly know that, that
1: I ADS'd even once after a, a night of that. <laughs> uh, wouldn't miss it. So, um, you know, a couple of things. First of all, that, that, that uh, card that lets you turn your melee into a knife shot, which lets you one hit most sort of grunt ridden. Uh, highly recommend. That is like my number one card used. But Definitely. then again, it's only a couple nights in. Yeah. Um, so we talked about, uh, teams, but I think with, with, uh, back from appearing in game Pass, there's going to be people that might not have the luxury of, a, of, you know, necessarily a lot of friends. Um, they might, you know, just be jumping in and, and coming in solo. So what do you recommend for solo players and, you know, how to, um, you know, find a, a good time in a game that does rely so much on, on great teamwork and, uh, collaboration?
3: I think if you're not comfortable using voice, which not everybody is, uh, definitely utilizing that ping system that you mentioned is going to help out a lot. If you do that, you'll actually find that people can pay attention to it and know a little bit of what you're talking about. Um, something that is a easy way to endear yourself to your team members is you can actually drop ammo. You can also drop uh, copper. So if you pop open your inventory, you're able to click it and you know share that. So some people might be like, hey, suddenly you're my BFF because you're a source of rifle ammo and I always need it. Um, but, uh-huh. And then you can also consider it with the decks that you're using. So a lot of the decks uh, have cards that that benefit the entire team. And so I always, that's something I actually really love about the game because I think it, it keeps it approachable for people who haven't been playing a whole lot. They can jump in and be fairly close in terms of footing with the people who do have a lot of cards unlocked. Uh, so I would pop in, you know, make sure you play that first mission. You wanna make sure that you get used to what the game is, understand how the cards are. And then you could quick play because you'll get matched into matches pretty quickly where you can jump in and you can help out a team that maybe had a bot there and and they want to get some Mm -hmm. assistance but um yeah just jump in and have fun
1: yeah and and i think with the game available on game pass like you said that quick play is going to be real quick it's going to be very uh easy maybe to talk someone else into trying a game out uh because that's what i love about game pass
3: for sure yeah like
1: yeah when when we found
3: out about the I was like, oh, maybe people will find a new favorite game that they wouldn't have assumed. Because I, I know a lot of people who are like, you know what? Zombie shooters aren't for me. And I'm like, well, have you tried it? Because now suddenly there's the, there's no barrier. I mean, there's a download. But if you can do the download, jump in, check it out, and maybe you found your new favorite game for the year.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's right on. You don't all have to align on, is this the game we're buying together? So anyway, exactly. um, yeah, I, I think people, um, so you know we we're playing last night, and 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 it's pretty, especially acts. You know one, two, and three very lengthy experience. There's a fourth act which I haven't gotten to yet, so I can't speak too much to it. No, but you know there's one circle there, <laughs> and I think that's going to be very, uh, it's very intimidating. Whatever that's going to end up being. Um, but I'm curious, just like in, you know, I, I'm sure people are going to figure it out. They're going to get their their great deck, and they're going to be able to run through it. Um, how do you see the game being? You know, sort, sort of. Sort ported in the line? What's the, what's the long game here to keep people coming back and keep uh, making those runs over time?
3: So we do have our annual pass where we are planning on adding additional content. We're not going into too much detail about what that uh, content is, but I do think there are a lot of things that feel very natural to the game. Um, I mentioned earlier that the card system is a uh, massive fountain of untapped potential. And I think that's somewhere where we have lots of plans for new kinds of cards that we could be adding both for players as well as corruption, because, you know, you want to make sure that the director stays interesting as well. Um, and so that's one area in particular that we definitely want to add a lot too. Uh, but I think what we're looking for is is people trying those different decks, playing through the campaigns and then increasing the difficulty, right? You want to jump in, try it out at recruit first, get through it. And you know, you might die a lot and that's okay. Cause part of the intention is that we want you to be able to earn those supply points, jump into the supply plans, buy more cards to make your deck better and then keep trying and push. And then once you've mastered that one difficulty, pop into the other difficulty and, you know, work through that and, uh, That's kind of the challenge and the fun is like finally overcoming that one mission that was really, really beating you. Uh, so that's what we're looking for. And, we, and I feel that like with the different corruption cards and the fact that you can try different decks, that replayability comes very naturally. Uh, we even found internally, there were a lot of people who were like, hmm, I wonder if I can get through this whole mission with just melee. So do I stack up a bunch of stamina so that I can just like run through and I'm healing myself and I'm moving quickly and I'm just thrashing things down. And then other people might be like, well, I want to do just shotguns. And so you can kind of create little games for yourself and your friends where you create a challenge and jump into it.
5: By
1: the way, almost all of the things that you've mentioned in the last few minutes, there's an achievement attached to it. You give some money to someone, you know, to help them buy one of those bigger sort of team-wide upgrades. Highly recommend, by the way. There's an achievement mm-hmm. for it. You give someone some ammo, there's an achievement for it. You get 50 melees in a in a round, there's an achievement for it. You uh don't don't kill any ridden in a round, uh, and then you know, there's an achievement for it. I had a lot of fun. Exactly. Uh, I'll talk about it in the rest of the show is one for going down the ladder <laughs> early on in the first round. I was like, wait, what? My daughter ended up so unlocking that, that one. That actually and, yeah.
3: is um, in uh, our one of our past tests, our closed alpha, we actually had this bug where if you were going down the ladder, it killed you. That was not intentional. <laughs> and so it was a very deadly ladder. And this is a little bit of a callback to that and anybody that experienced it and noticed it. And if you actually look around that ladder, there's a little bit of graffiti there too that's a callback to it.
1: I was wondering. There had to be a story there. So thanks for <laughs> right. Like, for, Why for do you guys
3: that? care so much about a ladder? That's why.
1: <laughs> so the last thing I want to talk about um, is if, you know, PVE is the core of Back for Blood but there is a competitive multiplayer mode which is a lot different than um you know a lot else of of what's out there so can you just talk about um this 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 PVP mode
3: yeah, absolutely. When we were developing the PvP, you know, we went through quite a few different ideas. And what we were trying to do was make a mode that was fun for people to jump in. And uh, I stole this term from someone else in the in the game industry, and I, I like using it a lot because I think it needs to be a thing. We wanted something that was more snackable. We wanted you to be able to like jump in, have some fun, and then take a break. Because I find that there's a lot of competitive PvP out there where you're signing up for 45 minutes to an hour of gameplay and like you're your hands are sweating and it's just it's very stressful and you're kind of like I was supposed to have fun tonight but now I'm like super stressed and not like did I have a good time I'm not sure whereas so like kind of our plan was we wanted swarm to be something where you jump in it's super intense but it's fun and then you know you're able to kind of take a breath and go okay are we jumping in again and doing this like or what strategy do we want to try because we found that what's really fun with pvp at least in my opinion is taking on the role of the ridden. Like, you spend so much time in PvE, those stupid tall boys are coming after you and you're trying to dodge and you're not necessarily able to. Well, then the tables have turned and you get to have some fun and, and see what it feels like to be like ridden like that. And so we wanted to fulfill that fantasy and do it in such a way that it wasn't like a total slog or very long and now i recognize some people are into the longer pvp sessions we just didn't find that it made sense for us or felt right for us in our game
1: and those pve sessions could go on for a really long time as well you've got you can keep going as long as you want yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the nice All thing right. is we
3: do have a checkpoint system where you can pop out and then resume it if you want to keep going. So no yes, pressure.
1: That was something that we uh didn't realize because we were having trouble even I think I think Major Nelson put the difficulty up because we were having <laughs> quite a time. And then when I put the other one I'm like, oh, from here after the ship. That's, that's that's great. You also see the title sequence there, and the fact that we did not get to the title sequence yesterday is uh uh, a mark of shame that it's gonna take a long time to scrub away. But that's that's for us to worry about. Not for you, Leanne. I want you, I want to thank you so much for joining, having just such a great time with Back for Blood. It's available now on Xbox Game Pass for uh, console and for PC. Get out there and play it. You see me on there, jump into my game. We'd uh, we'd rather have you than a bot. So thanks so much.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you to Dave and Lucas, and of course Leanne. You learned a little bit more about their games here. It's a uh, great job on those interviews, folks. You guys are right on it. It's it's great to connect with folks, uh, talk about their games, and learn about them, especially uh, you know when they're on Game Pass. So thank you. Yeah, it's got a text
1: just now from uh, Sid, who runs PlayStation blog, and he's like, I just got back for Blood, and so it's got crossplay, so that'll be fun. It's so it'll be-, be you,
0: me, okay. Rebecca, and Sid.
1: Yeah, or you know, whatever. But let's let's keep it going. I, I want to keep playing this. I, I want I want to get to the title screen. All right, we can do it. We can beat the, <laughs> the prologue. All
0: right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up things in a little bit. But we got, usually cover the news, and I know Jeff, you've got some news, and Rebecca, so Rebecca, why don't you? We start with you because you've got some fun news for, from my, from the Minecraft world, right?
2: Yeah, so this is actually the busiest week out of the year for the Minecraft team. On Saturday, October 16th, we have the Minecraft Live broadcast taking place. Um, this is our one big annual community event where we kind of look back at the last year of Minecraft content with our community leaders, influencers, um, you know, artists, things like that. But then we also look ahead at what's to come. So obviously we have Caves and Cliffs part two that's coming up pretty soon. Uh, we're also gonna talk about the next big update to Minecraft and do another vote on one of the uh, new mobs that we're gonna add to the game. So if you're curious to learn about what's next in the year of Minecraft, uh, stay tuned. It's going to be uh, October 16th, 8.30 a.m. Pacific time. I think that's 5.30 p.m. CEST. And that'll be on the Minecraft YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. but if you want any more information, you could head to minecraft.net to find out. Of course, out. Um, if you miss will it,
0: it will be available on demand. You can go back and watch it later and enjoy everything they talk about, right? Yes, of course.
1: Awesome. Um, Vote. I, I, I have like a perfect 0% record of voting for the mob that wins. <laughs> like, like, never. But uh, so uh, Vegas, if you're setting odds, I'll let you know.
2: You
0: know <laughs> Bet against Jeff.
2: That against Jeff, yeah. I know last year the mob vote got a little bit contentious, but uh, this year we have three mobs that are really cool. They all add really unique utility to the game, so we're pretty excited to see which one the community picks and eventually gets implemented. Um, But in other Minecraft news, yeah, in other Minecraft news, uh, we kicked off the spookier fall event in Minecraft Dungeons this week. So last year we had a seasonal event that we called the spooky fall event, so this year it's Spookier or fall event.
0: <laughs> We've got some screenshots oh, nice. here that we're showing of Spooky uh, yeah. Spookier Fall. That's that's kinda cool.
2: Yeah, so I think that was the Phantom Bow. Um, that looks like the Soul o Lantern armor. So basically, if you sign into Minecraft Dungeons, there are some different chi- uh, trials that are taking place between now and November second. Um, you can, uh, you know, if you complete the trials, you can get unique and kind of Halloweeny themed items and armor. Um, face mobs in night mode, which is kind of like the hardcore mode. Um, and just as a reminder, Minecraft Dungeons does have. Cross-platform play, um, across all the different uh, versions, you know, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, you name it. Um, Also recently released on Steam. Um, And there is cross-save enabled as well, as long as you sign in with your Microsoft account. So check it out. Runs until November 2nd. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, cool. What, uh, Jeff? You got a little bit of news over there on your side as well. Yeah, what? yeah.
1: While I'm doing that, t- turn up your mic, Larry. You're a little low, and you're the reason we're here. You're the money maker. So, no, we need to hear you. All um, right. So, speaking of, of Halloween, we've partnered. Uh, Xbox has partnered with Mac, Mac Cosmetics. If you've ever been in the mall, you've probably seen um, the, the Mac counter, as as I believe they call it. And uh, so, we worked with three Mac artists to did i get that right uh to um create uh looks basically for halloween based on some of our characters um and so one of the artists um uh used mac cosmetics to uh look like mia from psychonauts 2 another one uh to look like cortana which is a very bold look and also um one of the artists uh took on Uh, sea of thieves it went full on actually it's really cool so you'll want to you'll want to check out um xbox wire and so uh to basically inspire you if you want to go for a gaming look look. at
0: that cortana one holy cow right so you don't want to just pretty intense
1: (laughs) yeah look. i've seen like you know the master chief sort of onesies they have for kids they get costco and stuff like that but if you're going to you know take on sea of thieves like you'll want to look and see like yeah, be inspired by the looks and uh, you know go go all in for it. I think we all have some uh, uh, some Halloween um sort of pent up Halloween wanting to go out and dress up and do things like that. Safely. Safely. But, but I'll tell you what's Larry, interesting I is feel like you want to talk.
0: Yeah, no, not only I'm looking at the if you go to news.xbox.com you'll see the all of the information there, but what's interesting is you know they've they've all got tutorials as well. So if you want to if you want to recreate this look like Jeff was yeah. talking about then you can just go over there. You want to be I like the Sea of Thieves one. Maybe I should do that
1: you got to you got to grow the facial hair we've been off camera asking you for a long time well wanna see wanna see gruff larry but well,
0: I, you know what's funny is, and Rebecca, I don't know if you know this because you know you're out in New York, and I see Jeff a little bit more frequently. Like we we got to go out <laughs> last week, but um, I actually I actually usually shave this every every Wednesday morning because we record the show on Wednesday, and and so so if you catch me on like a Tuesday, looking like pretty, Tuesday, looking, looking pretty rough. <laughs> completely different guy,
1: completely different guy.
0: Anyway, but uh, that's that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that about Mac, uh, Rebecca. You got anything else, or you want to? Do you have any other news over on that side? No, I think back to game news with Jeff. All yeah. right, back to, okay,
1: Jeff. We'll go. Larry, we need the director. We need the director over here. We got a few more mm-hmm. stories. Um, so do you remember the meme when the Xbox Series X was announced? Not the fridge. That was a whole other thing that some people sort of photoshopped to make the Series X look like SpongeBob. Well, there is no meme <laughs> we will not lean into. Okay, right. because now we have revealed uh, some Series X consoles, including a SpongeBob console to celebrate uh, the launch of Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, where we had a reveal last week. Yeah, and highly recommend you look at the pictures of this. I don't know if you have it handy. You can I don't have up it Xbox handy. Y. All right. Well, I mean, the visuals are great, and what's the best part about it? Yes, SpongeBob is a square or as a rectangle. That works. The controller is amazing because one of his eyes is the A button, and one of the, his eyes is the right stick, and it it just works, Larry. The other one is for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who are of course also in the Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl, All Star Brawl. Uh, Leonardo, the 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 leader, I guess you could say of the um, of the Ninja Turtles, the one less tempted by by pizza and really staying on task, if I recall correctly. All right, all Two right. Hold things. on a minute. Hold I on can't relate.
0: Really. There you go. There, there we go. <laughs>
1: The SpongeBob one's phenomenal. Um, I think I saw Axios did a full breakdown um, of each one. But look at the controller. (laughs) Look at the eyes. Are like the elements of the controller. That's really yeah. It's really good. Um, I do like the bold look (laughs) of the. TMNT one as well.
0: Now, so, so, anyway. so I think it's it's important to point out what these you know these consoles and what they are and and you know can you buy them? You can't buy them. We're we're giving them away, right,
1: Jeff? Yeah. Um. So there's a sweepstakes. There's a sweepstakes tweet uh, that's out right now. You can enter now if you're hearing this all the way up through eight p.m. Pacific time on October twenty fourth. Um. Just look for it on at Xbox. It might be pinned. Um. It's got. A lot of retweets and a lot of likes. And uh, oh, Jake Baldino called it SpongeBox, which is. Uh, mm. a good name. He's a smart guy. Smart guy. So, um, big fan of Jake, actually, the guy from Racks. Anyway, uh, does the before you buys. He All sold right. me on Metroid. I'm going to get Metroid Dread because of him. Okay uh game that actually got tremendously great ratings uh but is new to xbox it was game of the year on pc i want to say 2019 disco elysium just want to call out that's available now uh for 39.99 um it has won so many awards i'm very interested in checking it out it's a sort of a, a zoomed out rpg but not like a jrpg not like a typical i don't know how much combat takes place in this it just looks really interesting watch the trailer um it got enough rewards that, that that alone is enough for me to, to give this one a try um hopefully can talk about it next week and lastly our next big release uh, that we've announced coming to you, xbox game pass is age of empires 4 and uh of course known for its campaign and multiplayer I'm scared to play multiplayer i'll be playing the campaign the achievements are out so i'm already starting to plan what i'm going to be able to accomplish and it sort of gives you an idea of how many different civilizations are in the game from the mongols to uh the russians uh to the holy roman empire which you'd expect uh the delhi sultanate chinese uh there's a chinese uh class or or um age that you can play through um there's just a ton here so i was having fun looking at that plotting out which ones i'm going to try to get uh, because that comes out on october 28th
0: thank you for giving us an update on age that's a game that has a a massive following um, it's older than xbox um
1: it's almost 25 years since the the first one
0: we say uh, quarter of of a century if you put it like that you're like wow that's a long time (laughs) quarter of a century That works okay that's that's fun that's fun i'm I'm sorry i'm still i'm still giggling at the uh the nickelodeon all-star brawls (laughs) i've got those consoles (laughs) it's genius
1: (laughs) it's genius good luck winning it um i don't think i'll ever see it in person because there can't be too many of them out there look at that
0: By the way, I want to point something out. And I, I I'm sorry, Jeff. Do you have anything more? Because I have a little bit of No, no, of course not. There was a little bit of concern um a couple weeks ago because I've got my console back here that it was too close to the oh, edge. Yeah. Do you remember seeing that in the comments in the YouTube comments? so I just want to let you know that i I had I had to move it over. I don't remember why I had to move it over. So it was teetering precariously on the edge, but I have since pulled it back along with my uh Psychonauts, uh Psychonauts goggles there. But I just want to let you know that we've avoided a crisis so
1: the nation exhales (sighs) (laughs)
0: so close Anyway, all right, gang, we, uh, we've got some more work to do in our regular jobs. This is not our regular job. This is kind of, you know, Rebecca has her job. She'll work on the Minecraft team and and with influencers. Jeff has his job working with all influencers, uh, and, and a bunch of other stuff as well. So, and then I've, uh, and I've got my regular job, which I don't really know what it is. Which is, which is what
1: exactly? Yeah, this uh, is your regular job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but, but we've got to get into our regular job. We just, I appreciate the fact that Jeff and Rebecca, you guys find time out of your busy week to, to. To come in here and you know obviously help out with the interviews and other things but i just want to thank you because i know that you know this is this is not like extra this is i don't pay you extra for this so thank you for coming in <laughs> here and helping talk to the community because i i know they, they that enjoy- is a good
2: idea though <laughs> It is. Paid you get extra. paid like
1: mm-hmm. was that is that on the table
0: <laughs> well it's funny because uh you know if, if rebecca if you lived out here then i would come to your house and help you with your home network and i do all those on-call stuff that i go over to jeff's house but you know although although i will be honest with you i have zero problem coming to new york and helping you out over there i'm 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 itching to get back out on the road jeff and i haven't been out on the road in quite some time right well you haven't either so it's 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 no. it's, it's fun though anyway all right, well, that's the show for this week. You can follow us on the social media accounts there that you're going to see right at the bottom of the screen. If you want to uh, if you want to follow us, we'd love, love for you to do that. Also, as Jeff likes to say, like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Give us the feedback on Spotify and Apple and Google, wherever you listen and or watch the show. Do you guys have any final words before we wrap up?
2: Minecraft Live, October 16th a.m. E
0: Pacific. Uh, that's, Check it out. No, <laughs> that's, uh, that's please thanks. vote
1: for whatever mob I vote for. Help me, help me have <laughs> happiness.
0: Help him break the streak. So anyway, all right, everybody. We'll see you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. But bye, everybody. Bye.